Here we are again. Fifth episode fourteen or fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. You'll know more than us when you click on the episode. Yeah. Um It's the glory of lists. <laughs> the glory of the <laughs> internet. <laughs> um se- sequential numbering. So this episode is gonna be on, as you'll know, uh training while working full time or studying. Yeah. So myself, uh both of us have extensive experience on working and training full time while studying or working. Um so in college I would have trained all the way through obviously. Like on the fr- like I say one Friday I handed up my fourth year project and then on the Monday I flew out to the Europeans, seniors, six out of six national records. Boom. Three days after handing up my final year project. Not a thesis. What did you do your final year project then? So it was uh production and purification of Cytochrome C five five zero. Unbelievable. It sounds so exciting. It wasn't. <laughs> a lot of E. coli growing it and purifying it and stuff. Um, and then, of course, I've been working full-time for the last few years while training like a motherfucker. Like and a motherfucker. And running Seek Strength with this fat head over here. So, <laughs> I think we fairly good credence to... Yeah. Like, we, we have never been full-time athletes, so... No. We're in a great position to help most of our listeners, listeners I think. Yeah. And, of course, you have done your undergraduate yeah so I like when I was in secondary school but was training can we just give a bit you ran a gym I ran I opened and ran a gym while while doing my undergrad so I think and if anyone's ran a gym and I'm sure (laughs) some of our listeners at least 10% or something have owned or ran a gym I will understand that doing a full time undergrad and running a gym which were about an hour and a half drives from each other no it's like 2 hours and 20 minutes 2 hours and 20 minutes oh fuck it probably is yeah We'll understand that as stressful as running a gym is doing an undergrad at the same time is, yeah. is no bueno. And it involves a lot of sleeping in a jeep on the side of the road. <laughs> and successfully sold the gym. Yeah. And opened another business. Yeah, so you've, you've like, it's gone well for you. So yeah. some of our advice will hold some credence, I hope. Yeah. Like, there's some weight to what we're saying. Um, so what do you think is the most important thing? I would say, of oh, about this subject? About this subject. Like about running a gym when I was like, I have no, no. idea, don't know. <laughs> Number one, don't. I open never want to know. <laughs> Number one rule: don't open the gym. No, uh, what would you say is the? I would say half of it. Only half of the the equation is your training. The yeah. other half is m- is much more important. Or probably facilitate. So people say I've heard this said before, and it's a good analogy. Sex in a relationship <laughs> is not important if it's there, but if it's not there, it's all of it. So it's yeah. like two percent if it's going well. But it's ninety eight percent of it's not going well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is how I feel about the l- everything else outside of training. So you can have the most intense, most phenomenally good training, and if you're not doing all the other things, then you're literally yeah pissing into the wind, as we say. Yeah, pissing out me ass. Pissing out me ass. Squeezing your pissing muscle. I think. Would you agree? I definitely agree with that, and I think then generally being organised. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. probably another really really important thing having your shit some way in order I would say if you're in college right of all so if you, there's probably three scenarios that people are in listening now right there's college full time yeah. there's college full time and they're working to support their college full time which I would argue they have the hardest of the three and then there's working yeah. full time so there's probably an asterisk to working full time so if you're not if you're working full time asterisk and you have kids you're probably fucked for the first three or four <laughs> years. Do you know, realistically, like, yeah, yeah. let's be honest, you're probably not going to make much progress unless you have, if you're working a typical nine to five, you have a different job than 
yeah you'll know what to do or you'll know how to figure it out yourself but if you're just an undergrad uh, or a master's or maybe not a PhD which is probably quite intense but no yeah. a PhD too if, if you're not working you have probably the best scenario so if you're lucky enough to be a musician you don't have to work while doing your undergrad they, you, those four years are the best time you'll, you can make, you have a potential to make so much training and yeah. like when you're in the, th- the the thick of your undergrad <laughs> you'll think just so much even in your masters too probably you're you're you think and if you're not working while you're doing your masters you you, th- you think you're like there's just so much work to do i've got to spend 14 hours no you, you just yeah. but if you organize if you if you organize yourself like you would doing a job and you treat it like a nine to five yeah you would have so much time to do your work your studying like and your training as much training as you possibly can do yeah and still go have fun yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. But the problem is hindsight is twenty twenty, so you won't know that until you finish college no. or you get to the end, and you're no. like, "I'm an idiot." Yeah, 100%. but that's part of the, that's part of college, though. So, and I think you have to learn that too, like just learn that bit of organizational finesse. So, if there's any first or second and and maybe third years, hopefully this could help them. Yeah, I and look, like college is there as well as like a rite of passage, yeah. and people go on the piss, Don't and people s- have a good time, and like, yeah, there's no reason. You can't be a phenomenal athlete, yeah, and go on the piss of it. Like many PBs I said in college, yeah, when you're hungover, when I was hungover. So I would say, if you are a first year now or second year, and there, I know there's a lot of our listeners are yeah. under eighteen or eighteen. Um, judging by your analytics, I would say, try figure out how you can organize yourself. Yeah, and there's a really good tool, and it's called Google. <laughs> And you just Google, how do I organize my college day? And you'll find probably thousands, hundreds of thousands of results. And like, you might not, you might get one thing from say 50 of those. And if you read like a hundred of them, you might have two or three things that will snowball into a good organizational. So myself and Fitz aren't the most organized people. No. But we still get a lot. We do, we get a lot done. Yeah. For the level, we I think basically what we found is yeah. a minimum threshold of organization, yeah. which is like this day, yeah. this time. Yeah. And then over the course of the 24 hours beforehand, we'd be like, um, what are the videos going to be about today? Yeah. What do we need to do today? Yeah. And then we'll kind of have a rough list in our head, but that's about as far as it goes. I would say a routine. If you're an unorganized person, so if you're an organized person, you'll know. Yeah. And you don't need to listen to the thing we say about this. But if you're a moderate to no organization person, a routine is your absolute fucking best friend. Best friend. And that's that's where like a secondary school, like high school athlete, they get a lot of training done with yeah. virtually no time yeah. because they are in all day long and then they're studying. And actually, we've a lot of our listeners are 16 as well. Yeah. We've got a lot of those. But like I used to train in the gym before school in the morning, go to school for the whole day. Then leave after school study a small bit early and go rugby training. Mm-hmm. And that was basically every day. Yeah. But like my routine then at that point is my best friend. Yeah. Because it's never like college is so different where you might start at the same time and be finished at the same time. But in the middle of the day, you might end up fucking off and going getting lunch with people. Yeah. And then rather than just eating your food that you've brought to school with you, you yeah. end up doing something completely different. And then the evening kind of gets moved around a bit because you have to drop somebody home. And then yeah. school, you're so regimented with your routine, we tend to like act out against it when you're in undergrad and college. But Definitely the first and second year. 
So usually a routine means getting up at a certain time, right? Yeah. So no one's routine. So no one, no one follows a routine. It just never involves them getting up at ten o'clock. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't seem to do it. Now I, I unless they work like a night shift or something. Yeah. So unless you do, and it's very possible a lot of students might work in bars or something like that, you know, yeah. or security or bouncers or something. So it probably involves you getting up at eight o'clock every day. And there's some, I think, evidence recently shown that you need to get sunlight exposure immediately as soon as you wake up. And at the best times, it's kind of between 8 and 12 or 7 and 12, getting loads of light exposure for yeah. the rest of the day. So having a routine, sleep is number uno for everyone listening to this. Definitely. Sleep is just so, so, so important. It's just not even funny. Like it just, of all the things, like your nutrition can be kind of shit. Nutrition... As a ma- as opposed to performance and physique, nutrition has the biggest impact on physique. Whereas if you get enough calories and protein... Your performance is going to be grand. Yeah. Obviously, it's a lot better Yeah, if you get good nutrition. And then there's a difference between performance and recovery as well. Yeah. So, like, if you're a, an athlete who's on a pitch or having to do some running, you can't just, like, slam a load of fucking... Carbs carbs right before like you can't have yeah. like two large mcdonald's fries just before you go training yeah whereas if you're after training yeah and you need to recover recover and you need a certain amount of calories yeah mcdonald's fries are going to be grand mm-hmm. like they're not the best health wise yeah but in terms of like you recovering and you getting everything you need to recover for the next day mm-hmm. they're okay but pre-session not ideal so like i was saying there if the thing with that is if you have a good routine so if you're like every day i'm going to get up at least at eight o'clock and you let's say you don't have a lecture till 11 or something or you might have one lecture but if you get up at eight o'clock regardless you're let's say you always on a good day training day three meals is what you need yeah if you always get up at eight o'clock you're just invariably going to eat enough meals you know so if you get up at I don't know, 12 o'clock, like let's say you sleep into like half 11 something, you lie in bed for an hour looking Instagram or something and then you get up and you're training at, you normally train at 3 so you're like I better keep training at 3 again or that's the yeah. best time for you to train because you have know, something else in the evening. You probably only get a st- one meal and you're probably not going to be digested that well because it's not the normal meal you have and you won't have enough calories, you probably won't have drank enough water whereas if you get up at 8 o'clock and you have your bowl of fruit and you have your fucking full fat Greek yogurt and you have your pint <laughs> and a half of water throughout that hour you're eating that and preparing your stuff you sound like a fitness model and then at 11 and you, and you lay out your porridge and you lay out your kiwis in an organisation you know <laughs> don't people take those photos of the porridge yeah like who eats their porridge like that oh my god where the kiwis are in like yeah. a half splay yeah 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 and then a there's half of the uh, like the cherries present and stuff. shape yeah that's not practical for eating it at all no oh my god Um, so if you get up at 8 and I'm like I know it's super shit like I'm, f- I'm, 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 I'm like a morning person. I get up really early naturally. I oh, I know, Gareth. And I've roomed with you a lot, <laughs> even in college. <laughs> I'd arse around to like ten o'clock or something, you know. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard as well when you're a teenager because you need, you do need more sleep. You need like nine and a half hours sleep. So and your body wants it too. Like so, a lot of times you can go to bed at like three o'clock and sleep till like yeah. one, you know. So you got to be strict to yourself the night before going to bed at like eleven, you know. So, or even a t- ten, if you can. realistically, it's not going to happen. When you're a teenager, there's no way you are. I'm talking to like the first and second years. Like, so if you, if you can get into your head now, 
that maybe going to bed earlier is a better idea. Yeah, definitely. Because then you might get up at eight and then you're like, oh shit, I have loads of time to prep my food for the day. Yeah. And then if you're like, say, let's say you, you went to bed at 12 and you get up at half nine, you're like, brunt to your lecture. But what if you went to bed at 10 and you got up at seven? Yeah. You just naturally get up at seven because you had enough sleep. Yeah, yeah. We're all, like everyone, any student here is listening knows that frantic feeling of just power walking to college. Oh my God. But what if you got up at seven, right? That feeling of opening the back of the lecture theater door. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But do you want to be sitting outside your lecture at quarter to ten, <laughs> and you're eating your eggs and um, fucking, I don't know what do people eat eggs these days in a cherry in a box cherries, I don't know the bits of eggshell that get caught in your mouth. Yeah, like you're <laughs> you're sitting there prepping and you're like, yeah. and you know, and then after that lecture, you would double lecture at half twelve because you got up at seven, you have your other meal prepped and you're this fucking. This is like a fucking Jacko Willink motivational video. It's because <laughs> you got up at seven. But the thing is, you know, if it's the problem is it does. It, I wish someone had told me this in some ways. I know, I know, I know. And then at half twelve, you finish your double lecture and you have your other meal because you're training a tree. Yeah. And then you don't need to get a fucking chicken cheese roll or something at the deli. Yeah. And then you have you've drank your two liters of water because you brought your two liters of water. And then, and then you do that for a whole year, and by the fourth year, you've had four years of a sick routine. Yeah. Do you know? But I don't... Jocko Willick's a fan of getting up at four o'clock. That is stupid. I'm a big fan of that if you go to bed at six o'clock the evening before. Nobody goes to bed Nobody at goes to o'clock. do that. So then if you... if Like, if you... like, There's a load of, like... Oh, you don't need to do that. It's so big in the fitness industry as well. Like, it's really irritating. I'm up and at them before anyone else. So like, all oh, right, let's have highly maladaptive levels of cortisol just flowing around. Goodbye body fat fucking... Yeah, goodbye good body composition. If anybody, anybody you follow, besides like Jacko or something, who's a fucking legit seal, is getting up at 4am and they're trying to tell you anything about recovery, please just be like, okay, how many hours of good sleep did you get last night? Yeah. Okay, thanks, buddy. Like the the evidence is overwhelming. So you might feel fine because you're 19. Yeah. But the damage is being done regardless if you, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. know it or not. Like so... Like Alzheimer's stuff like that, Parkinson's. But okay. you might feel you might feel fine. You but you could won't. feel fucking great. Yeah, you could feel great. Yeah, you, you might just get used. To, you don't know what you don't know. So if you're always getting six hours of sleep, yeah, and you know what, wrecks my head when people are like, "I feel great after six. Oh no, too much sleep is bad for you too. Yeah, no problem, Bob. Are you getting eleven hours sleep every yeah. night for fourteen months in a row? Or something? Yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah. not like that. And Bob, you know, who's out of breath when he walks up the stairs, so it wrecks my head more as well. And people are like, oh, I feel worse when I get more hours sleep because no. you're chronic deprived of sleep. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. been getting five and a half, and then one night you got eight and a half. Of course, three hours is going to feel a little bit different. Yeah, try eight and a half for a week. And in like in all those sleep studies where they're finding like Joe, yeah. seven hours, seven to nine if you're an athlete, yeah, is like optimal sleep ranges. In all those studies, they find. So basically, these are all running universities because yeah. they can't afford to pay real people to do their studies. Yeah. So these guys are like locked in basement conditions. They paid them like f- they paid oh, them it's like such little money. But they paid them like f- like it's sometimes like fifty euro a week or something. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. give them free combination of food and food. So then the every college student's like, "They're just amazing for the summer." So they're like, "Yeah, go for it, buddy." Like, so what happens is they lock them downstairs somewhere somewhere where there's no light yeah they control the exact amount of light they get each day and how much they're exposed to so all the conditions are like perfectly mm-hmm. enclosed yeah and then they'll tell sometimes them sometimes they send them out to the woods with no elect- no phones and stuff they one of them yeah yeah that's they do that though yeah. like no electrical input and then it's um Just they get as much sleep as they need so they're literally locked in a black room 
to tell go in there get as much sleep as you need get mm. up when you need to in the morning yeah and everybody takes 12 to 14 hours for around two weeks because mm-hmm. everybody is chronically sleep deprived fuck off yeah yeah That's yeah mad. it always happens you can read any of like and this isn't like just the recent studies this is back to like the 80s and 70s yeah so everybody takes this huge gluttonous amount of sleep at the start like 10 days to two weeks mm-hmm. and then after that it just goes back to like seven because if you're like if you if you're not working doing your undergrad like you have potential to do shitload of training vo- load like you yeah. know so if you're getting those lots of sleep and you have the time to get lots of sleep like they're saying yeah and you also still have time to do lots of training and you also still have time to spend loads of time with your friends yeah and you have more than enough time to get good marks yeah you have so much time because as well you have very little stress because if you're in a position where you're doing an undergrad... You have stress for one week. You think you have stress. Yeah. You do not have stress, my friend. No. So if you're doing an undergrad and you're not working, so if you're in that scenario, you're group one, and you're, like like Dara was saying, you've, you've given yourself a chance to sleep a lot. You've just so much gains to be made. Yeah. Body and foundational gains at that time as well. The other area... So, like, the big pitfall, obviously, is when we go to college, we tend not to have a routine. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you've been an athlete in secondary school or high school, you've had a great routine. You've yeah. probably had coaches and a, a sport structure around you, and that's probably gone now. Especially uh, the highest our listeners by far, USA. Yeah, so like so a lot of them did have a probably good structure. Yeah, so unless you're playing mm-hmm. like college ball or whatever, and you've a good sport structure around you now, when you go to college, mm-hmm. more than likely you're going to be handed the keys to the castle, and you're going to be told, um, "Look, you need to make these classes and make these grades." Yeah. The lecturers and some of them are tough enough for it, eh? Yeah, yeah. But like, the lecturers don't care if don't you make a, a grade. Nope. So you have to work for that. Yeah. It's not like a teacher where they're like, "Come on, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, just work harder." Yeah, do they. D- they don't care. Like, so you have control of that. You have control over your diet and the yeah. food you're eating and what mm-hmm. you're buying and cooking. Mm-hmm. You have control over when you go to sleep. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's where they break down. That's where like the pitfall, and you'll see that like those first year four pounds like yeah 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 so I, I, I wish like i wish some i wish could have i really the whole people listen to this really take it seriously how, how impactful a good routine in college could be and like routine isn't uh, like we're literally talking it's like about a, yeah it's a dirty word because like yeah we're talking about young lads and girls are gonna listen to this and be like I'm not printing off a fucking Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. When I don't even know what my classes are, and it's different for me because I have tutorials and I don't know what I need to go. <laughs> Mostly, we're talking about go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time. Yeah, that's the extent of the routine we're talking about. And you'll be and so surprised how much difference it'll make. Eat food. So obviously, nobody has money to buy amazing food in college. Yeah, but find cheap sources of good food. Yeah, cook it yourself. Yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. save so much money. Eggs 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 and meat meat and eggs um and then buy find a chinese shop mm-hmm. or an asian shop in ireland yeah. we have these things like it's like an ethnic food store but no irish people go in them because we don't know anything that's in the shop 40 kilo bag of basmati or jasmine rice. yeah myself and johnny buy like 10 kilo sacks of rice yeah and that will last you for, for a you semester c- you can get a microwave cooker you know it's a it'll steam the rice for you the microwave yeah, you we have a rice cooker oh well laddie da like yeah, some of these might not have the money for this. Eighteen ninety nine. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, I might have that because you, you can get a microwave, so a little serving thing, and you just yeah. literally put it into the microwave for like ten minutes, and it'll steam the rice for you perfectly. Yeah, rice cookers are the bomb, the bomb. And so, funny story about that four, the first year four pounds. 
I got that in fourth year and it was uh, 15 kilos. <laughs> so I um part of the, in Ireland, in a lot of universities, we have what's called cooperative education, a.k.a. Yeah. Work placement. Work placement. But it's literally just the college doesn't know what to do with you for the next eight months, so it sends you out. It's a great experience. It, it is. It, and it's it really directs people th- where they don't want to go. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> did my work placement for eight months and I was working some of it just happened to be seen i was shuttled all over this the the site it was like a, an api site and like uh, raw materials and stuff so a lot of th- some of it was like literally just so sometimes i was in um as an operator and other times i was in fucking lab and other times just literally yeah as a student is getting I got, a good experience i was shunted everywhere so a lot of times it was physical work throwing bags of chestnuts <laughs> into a big fucking what were you making uh, I can't give you too much just harsh test and extract is a thing apparently okay and the other stuff we're making diving so anyway um, <laughs> I was doing a lot of physical work right so I was working like four, sometimes a 45 hour weeks you know yeah and driving to and from and I was training like a motherfucker and I was eating a lot of food and the food yeah. quality was well, let's see I was, sit, I was living at home so a lot of mammy's dinners yeah but also I was eating good like hearty food so there was like a lot of fries and stuff out there but I was like I was fairly lean like yeah. I was like see I'd previously been in 85 and I got to European Juniors as an 85 and then I went to, so that was like in October and I'd cut hard from like 92 to like 84 and I'd like overshot and I ended up like 83 or something so I was like <laughs> great abs skinny out but great yeah. abs so I maintained that and then I'd work full time so I like I got up to like 88 89 but still like nice and lean you know yeah so I worked away full time, trained really, really hard, six days a week, you know, two hours every evening, two and a half hours, eating like a month, going to bed at, that's when I really started learning a routine, like going to bed at 10 was really important because yeah. I was getting up at like seven, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of sleep, you know? And then um, came back to college and sure, I kept training, but you don't burn that many calories from training. Burn no, a lot more no, from no, eating, no, not at all. And sure, didn't I keep eating like I was working full time? <laughs> and um, I went from about 90 kilos to 100 kilos in about two months. That's outrageous. But I... Uh, that is fucking mental. I'd, I'd, I'd basically been starving myself to get down so low, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I hadn't had a chance to up the calories too much. Yeah. I was burning so many calories. So then I finally cut all the calories, got a load of sleep, got fairly act, curling 25 kilo dumbbells for like sets <laughs> of 15s because I was getting bullied all the time by podding. Yeah, and if anybody thinks a small bit of bullying between team members I don't or between fellow athletes is yeah. a bad thing... I, it's not. It's really not. If you if someone picking on your weaknesses, people yeah. pay coaches to pick on weaknesses. Yeah, it's better if your friends do it because it yeah. hurts more and make you do it more. Yeah, I don't need to curl for the rest of my life. Just stationary biceps or like the one <laughs> of the satellite cells I have in there. I gen- I was curling. I was weighing like ninety kilos and I was curling the twenty five kilo dumbbells for like set to fifteen. It's retarded. It's retarded. I used to do curls every session, push ups and curl dips and curls. I used to do. Yeah, my squat went from like from gaining that ten kilos. I went from like one seventy to two hundred for three and like six months it went from 170 to 30 <laughs> september to february in like what's that like six months not yeah. even six months yeah, yeah, yeah um but anyway if you're a student you can make so many gains if you're a student yeah. you're not working you yeah 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 and like when we say routine like dara said we mean the loosest sense just yeah, chances and it's are. not it's not like tim ferris for our workout good or for our work week get no. this routine down no like it's just if you go to bed at 10 and get up at eight or seven little few little milestones and it's yeah. not it's not Monday to Sunday every week. It's like Monday to Friday every week, and you're trying to do it at the weekends too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like the loosest sense. Yeah, like you'd be surprised how much things happen by accident. Yeah, they say about 
what's it, 80% of the work comes from about 20%, or yeah. 80% of the results come from about 20% of the work. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you just, if you just, just go to bed at 10 and get up at 8, you'll be surprised how much it will snowball. Just because you'll have the time, because you'll be like, I might as well prep my food now. Yeah. And you'll feel good about prepping your food. And in six months, hopefully, if you're borderline somewhere on the spectrum, like one of us or something, you'll just get neurotic about prepping your food. <laughs> and you just have to do it because you won't have any other option. <laughs> so as a student, you uh, you have a big opportunity, three, four years there, of making some great foundational yeah. gains, you know. Now, if you're a student and you're working, things are... It's thing- a bit tougher. It is a bit tougher. But like... It's we've both done it, like yeah, but it's still it is tougher, I suppose. Yeah, training so load is what's more important here now. Yeah, and so that's training, that's where we need to move on to, anyways. But so, but so for training load for the, I would actually so I just want to say something about the training load for a I call it an undergrad not working. Is I would say go hell for leather and you'll figure out what yeah. your limits are in some way. And don't get injured. Yes, which we've all done. But I would say just test the limits and you'll you learn a lot from that. Yeah, and like you learn a shitload actually. Find a program and a coach. Yeah, that will allow you to train plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a lot of a bit of auto regulation when that stage is yeah. is useful. And it's when you're going to start learning as well that like, oh, I can squat three times a week, but five times is too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or yeah. like, fuck it, things go really, really well when I do the extra session on a Friday, mm-hmm. and I do five sessions instead of four. Mm-hmm. Like, don't. You're not going to learn those things except through doing those things. Yeah, like you'll learn that like training seven times a week for 18 weeks in a row might not be the best idea. Yeah, and you'll like you learn the things that like you benching with your buddies on a Wednesday and then having to do snatch work on a, on a Thursday is not a great idea. If you have any, even the loosest sense of like self-reflection, <laughs> you might learn that after eight weeks of it. Yeah. So working with an undergrad is training is something you'll have to pay much more attention yeah. to. So obviously it's the routine. time constraint. So if you have an undergrad and you're working, so chances, are, so I don't, it, you literally could be doing anything, but let's say you're doing, let's say you're working in a bar or something. Yeah. The sleep thing is difficult to get around. So you might not get home till four o'clock in the morning and you might have to go for nine. So if you're, if you're training, I would say, you want to tap your lips anymore there? So um, if you're, if you're working like that, you need to, if at all possible, change jobs. If you have something like that, I know that might be possible. It might be I useful. Yeah, and I think the hardest thing about those night shifts is yeah. they tend to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like you do it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you can get through it no bother. You know, it's not a hard thing to get through. Mm-hmm. But then Monday you sleep until twelve. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday you have to stay late in college try and make up some time. Yeah. Then Wednesday, you're kind of getting back to normal. Thursday, train well. Friday, train well. Friday night, back to work. Yeah. And then it's just that vicious circle of compromised sleep, compromised yeah. nutrition, then compromised training and recovery because of that. So the biggest things you you have to focus on is your training and your nutrition because your sleep thing is just something you'll have to take when you can get it. Yeah. So you, you might be lucky enough to find a job, maybe working in a fucking clothes store or something, you know? Yeah. And that might help things a lot. So if you can change a job and training is a priority and you want to go somewhere with us, look for one. But obviously, yeah, it's, you it's might a not. lot easier said than done. That's, that's not a useful, It's that might be useful for a lot of people listening. Yeah. Useless for, but if it's possible, try to do it because it, it, it's a killer to the sleep, the changing. Even if you had the exact same sleep routine every night, it would help. But, you know, like you're saying, like Dara's saying, you might change weekly. 
So you'll have to pay serious attention to your nutrition. So really important is your meal prepping, really, because the chances you at four o'clock in the morning when you come home eating a pizza you brought back with you or eating a pizza someone at work got. Yeah. Or just not eating anything, which might be worse again. You know when you go to bed kind of hungry and you're just... You eat like a fucking pack. It's of literally the worst thing in the world. You eat a few I've gotten out of bed, yeah. put on a pair of taxi pants and like a vest and gone to the garage to get food. You get at like, like two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Because I've gone to bed at 11 being like, yeah. oh, I'm kind of hungry. Nah, fuck, I'm too lazy oh, to go get anything. And you, you know, like, do you know that feeling of like, it's so late that you your body's not used to feeling hungry. No. It doesn't really compute, but it is hungry, you know? Yeah. And you eat, like, a few fucking almonds or something and a few grapes. <laughs> and you're like, that kind of filled me up, did it? But you have zero sense of, you're like, no ghrelin released or anything. So no. There's no hunger panics. So you're just like, that's enough. And then you go to bed and then you wake up the next morning and no wonder training is shit when you're yeah. training at 11 o'clock as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the best thing you can do there, obviously, if you have meal prep while you're working, but having food ready when you come home, the best Real nitty gritty bit of advice here for you if you have a microwave. Uncle Ben's basmati rice. Oh my god. Plain rice, right? Yeah. So you have, you have your plain rice, all that's in it is literally rice and a little bit of sunflower oil. And I know processed vegetable oils get a lot of slack and probably rightly so, but that sunflower oil is t- minutia in the grand scheme of things. It's all it is to stop that rice from sticking. Yeah. So you, if you have those carbs, so carbs is probably, protein is definitely important, but those carbs will like help a bit, you know, especially yeah. when you're trying to train and work a lot. And I know there's some evidence as well, eating carbs later. No, actually might be right about that. Yeah. This is a different kind of insulin response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't have the luxury of that, so don't worry about that. <laughs> so if you have some cold meat, cold chicken, you know those packs of chicken with all the nitrites in them that may or may not give you cancer? Or tins of tuna. Tins of, sorry, tins of tuna Tins of tuna. Tins of like tuna. Microwavable rice. If you have the those. The backbone if you, of developing athletes. They'll last everywhere. Yeah. Tins of tuna. Maybe some uh, relish if you've. If you're, if you're, if you're relish. Fat. Better relish. Jesus, I'd never go for relish or tuna. Maybe not with tuna, but with the chicken. Jalapeno relish. Yo, what's great with tuna? What's great with tuna? Avocado. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Tuna. Hummus. In a bowl. Hang on, now we're talking about students. They're not going to be able to afford oh, avocados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can like, <laughs> if you can get a cheap relish and you have your tuna and your rice, your microwave rice. Yeah. Because it literally take two minutes. So you're more, much more inclined to eat those, you know, when you come home at four o'clock in the morning. I mean, if you had more for the morning when you wake up the next day. And it takes, it literally takes two minutes to do those microwave bags of rice. Yeah. In those two minutes, you crack the tuna, put yeah. it into a bowl. Yeah. And then sit there hungrily looking at the microwave for the next 90 seconds. Eating half your tuna while you're waiting. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And a bit of, you know, tortillas or something stupid. Yeah. So calories is probably, quality calories is what you're looking for here. And just f- consistent eating those. And then you're training less is more realistically yeah. and I think you need to so if you have a shitload of time you can do a load of exercise variation you can do a load of things and then basically you throw shit at the wall until it sticks mm-hmm. when we have like limited times you really just need to sit down and do like a mini needs analysis mm-hmm. and be like frequency needs to be low Garf, I'm shit at snatching yeah yeah my clean's way too strong yeah. and my jerk is bad because my shoulders are tight. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I have four sessions a week. I'm going to snatch three times a week. You might not, even if you four, maybe give yourself three. Yeah. Don't and it's just like, cut back the volume. Yeah. In Be it, super intelligent about what you pick. Yeah, the intensity is a bit more important. Yeah. And like, ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, I've always just kind of squatted whatever I feel like, maybe now is the time to reach out and be like, how am I going to progress my squat with a small hey, bit less volume? Seek a strength. How am I going to progress my squat? Hey guys. Yeah. Um, 
if you're a powerlifter, frequency will be low enough anyway compared to yeah. a weightlifter. So you might even get away with two sessions a week because it might be just for that semester. It might be for yeah, those yeah. weeks. And if you if you're eating enough food and you're like doing two full, like you're doing your squat and a deadlift and your squat and your bench, one one Tuesday and Thursday, and you're just going really ham in those sessions. And if you just you might be able to make you'll definitely make progress if you're, if you're young and you're in college. Yeah. And you get to the summer and you go ham and potatoes. You go, you'll also keep an amount of hunger for training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you just mightn't have had before, you know. Like the ferocity you'll bring to those sessions with other oh lads. Oh my god. They're with their buddies curling and they're looking at their buddies curling and you're coming to the gym and you're like, I gotta do six by three out of two hundred and twenty kilos saying the deadlift. And yeah. You know, got your wireless headphones in. <laughs> do you know, like you're the ferocity you'll bring there is yeah is much more and it, it'll just make you so hungry for training when you know the summer you've come three months of really hard training definitely and like the key is yeah you're gonna keep that wagon rolling down the road yeah you just gotta keep pushing you know, it you can't push it too fast because it will fucking break yeah you gotta be all sis- you do is just keep pushing that wagon down the road keep pushing the stone up the hill like yeah be sisyphus just keep slowly pushing it up the hill you know and if you're an athlete a real athlete you will have to deprioritize all your gym sessions yeah to one a week i'd say one a week keep it at one a week if you can Sometimes it might be before training even. And that, that gym session is going to be 90% injury prevention yeah, yeah, and yeah. prehab stuff. Or else if you're if you're nursing some niggles, it's going to be rehab. But yeah. it is like two-thirds or three-quarters of S&C for sport is yeah. stopping people breaking yeah. or so helping things they've already broken. So realistically, you're going to have to wait till the off-season to make some gains. Yeah, you'll have to prioritize your... Um you really have to prioritize your sports sessions yeah. there. Like, so whatever you're doing, badminton, rugby, American football, lacrosse, yeah. water polo. You've got to prioritize all of those first. Gaelic football. Gaelic football, hurling. And then if you can, if you have one session a week on a Friday afternoon and the game's on Sunday and you maybe do your dips, your weighted dips and your pull-ups yeah. and you might do your single leg step-ups and maybe you got time to do some squats. And then when it comes to the off-season again, then go fucking boom. Because, you know... Seek a strength off-season athlete <laughs> program. <laughs> Three months. Get the discount. Yeah. Whereas if you're like... An, if you're not working while you're undergrad and you're any of these above weightlifters, powerlifters, fucking at real athletes, you can go ham and potatoes. Yeah. Oh, sicko. We've just had a little interruption into the podcast room. And a very happy-looking black Labrador. Yep. <laughs> and so... Moving on from that then, people working... It's real people real people people out there in the big bad world it's um it's fucking you kind of in some ways have it you there's some things are easier to control because yeah you college work follows you home all the time yeah and like what work you know you have to be there at a certain time in the morning yeah so you have to get up at a certain time mm-hmm. and then you know you're going to be gone at some stage in the evening unless you're going to do some overtime once or twice a week so so you chances are will have a lot more stress in your life just just background noise stress in your life that you will have and it won't be something you'll be able to get away from because you will have your job and it will be paying your bills so as an undergrad you think you're stressed about your exams, but you're, it's actually not that bad. It's not like, oh shit, wrenched you Monday, but I don't get paid till Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, so as as someone working and you're training seriously, um, you you will just have more stress. And the problem with stress is, and I, we've probably mentioned this in the past, 
is that the stress from training and the stress from your life, your body doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's all stress. It's all stress. And the stress from training will make you better, but the stress from life will not make you better. No. So you've got to be you got to be really religious in your sleep, your routine. But you'll have a routine by accident anyway. Yeah. And if you're training, you'll probably realize by now that, you're, oh, I need to go to bed earlier. So be yeah. re- really, really strict with yourself. You'll probably be bringing your lunches and stuff anyway. You'll have figured this out a bit by this stage, I imagine. So when it comes to this, I think, training load is probably the priority, which you can you can train very hard. Yeah. Not as hard as if you're an undergrad with no... Job. No, no, no. But if you're working full time, you can really train hard if you're really smart about it. And you can plan out long blocks of training because you know <coughs> that's where you be. You'll have a huge amount of consistency, so you know when to go hard. You know when you'll be able to go hard. You know how long your cycles and and training blocks will usually last for. You have much more control than you would say if you were a younger athlete who doesn't really understand their scheduling and stuff like that so there is that advantage you'll probably have money for a coach yeah and now it's a, th- a thing of like i'm prioritizing training yeah pr- training over something else that's it like exactly like yeah. training once you leave work <coughs> training can become a priority for you and yeah. i know some if you've young kids and stuff realistically you'll have to so you'll kind of have to go back to a point like an undergrad who's you're an athlete who's working, or an athlete who's working and un- doing an undergrad. You just gotta reduce the frequency until you can get a better routine, get used to it. Yeah. And then make training a priority again eventually. But for a while, I suppose, <coughs> the sleep thing will fuck you up the most, you know? Yeah. So you gotta reduce frequency, increase nutrition and sleep when you can. But for working, there's kind of, you'll probably have figured out a lot by now, but the biggest thing we would say for you is definitely your training, because you can make a lot of gains if you're yeah. working. Especially if you're working a non-physical job. Yeah, so like... If you're working a physical job, it can be a lot harder. Like if you're doing construction or if you're farming. or They really take it out of you, you know. You're yeah, burning a lot 100%. of calories. And you end up exacerbating injuries mm-hmm. that you might get from work in training or vice versa. So it yeah. is difficult. Um, but it is something that like you're now a lot more mature as an athlete mm-hmm. or more than likely unless you've picked up the sport a lot later yeah you are forced kind of back into a structure and back into routine so you can look at it as a positive definitely like you have to be done at a certain time every day mm-hmm. you have to be in by a certain time every day yeah those challenges that aren't really challenges but those challenges that would have struck a college student aren't there anymore yeah um and then it's time to really look at your training load. And how you do that is, I suppose, kind of up to you. Yeah, go slowly. Yeah. We cannot emphasize that enough. Go slowly. Like, definitely, because, you know, a lot of times when you're working and you'll have an argument with your boss and you're like, fucking Barbara, the bitch, you know? Like that, like, some people fucking carry... Fucking Sharon! Like, <coughs> people carry stuff home with them, you know? Yeah. You need to get really good at leaving it at the door when you leave work. Because that stress... Some people can use that stress in the training, right? But that kind of ferocity of training is fine every now and then. But yeah, most but you can't bring it there every day. Because if you're trying to go slowly, you need to leave that stress alone. So, like, that anger might help a little bit. But re- just getting rid of that stress altogether. Because stress is, um, a lot of it's just perception of what's happening. Yeah. So if you have the ability, so as soon as you leave at fucking 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock or whatever, to be like, 
just literally wipe it from your memory as soon as yeah. you're driving down the road like work is no longer in your thoughts if you're lucky enough if you're in a position where you don't have to bring your laptop home with you or bring your work home with you if you're just like time for the gym gym is my job now there is i don't have a job you know in your yeah. head you've reduced eliminated all that you don't that's a that's a skill you need to get used to as well like that's something you need to practice and I'm, a lot of people get stressed in their jobs a lot of people don't like their jobs no and as many people hate their jobs you know so yeah. it can be really hard there's also a few really good techniques you can start using around that. Quitting your job. What? <laughs> what? So there's some stuff. So general kind of mindfulness training will definitely help with that. Super. I use Headspace. Headspace I don't use apps. I'm Calm app. pretty mellow person, so I'm kind of good at it anyway, but I still use Headspace myself anyway. Yeah. And then there's like, th so there's specific things around going into training that we can use, like call framing and stuff like that, where you'll, you'll take three points and you'll just focus on those three points. Mm -hmm. You'll exclude everything else from your mind. And that might take two or three minutes before training, but then general mindfulness training where it's two minutes of being mindful in a situation, or it might be you sitting in your car before going to the gym or napping relaxing for two minutes i've been doing naps lately naps I naps are very good naps are very good right if you're somebody in a highly anxious state they're probably not the best this man <laughs> is not if you can so i'd say if you do decide to use naps as one of those um yeah. uh, kind of relaxation techniques you're tearing yourself or zeroing yourself you know don't go more than 15 minutes so you might want to right but it will it will for sure make it harder to get to sleep later because assume you do that after work at some point it's probably close enough to your bedtime so set a, a clock on your phone and just get up because for a few a minute or two you might feel like shit but then when you wake up once you get out of the car or whatever you'll be like oh I feel pretty good now like you yeah. know so a lot of times it's not even uh, so there's loads of studies on the naps as well that it like you know you're it really sharpens you up like yeah. so you're not really resting but let's say physics um, so any like you know chemical changes the site it's just a good tool to be yeah to, to zero reason. yourself yeah when it's like waking up to a new new job now again like yeah this hour and a half or two hours in the gym or two and a half hours is your training session that's your sole purpose now so it's like a, a resetting point you know yeah we we're talking to rory actually about cognitive reframing yeah um this is completely off topic but i think a lot of you're gonna might get something from this so he talked mm -hmm. about when he's pulling a heavy clean off the floor mm -hmm. and it feels super heavy. Very common. That he or deadlift. Could or be deadlift. Dead. That he thinks about it in his head and he's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then he ends up not completing the rep. So he like won't finish his second pull or he won't get under the bar fast enough. And he was asking like, what's he going to do around that? Mm -hmm. So there's the obvious thing. He's just going to get stronger. It won't feel so heavy off the floor. But in fact, a weight feeling heavy off the floor and a clean is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do then is change the perception of what being heavy off the floor means in his head. Yeah. So we're saying like, if he's leaning back on his heels and his shoulders are behind the bear and he pulls the bear off the floor, it'll feel light. Mm -hmm. But that's the wrong position. Yeah. And then in the same way, if he's super leaned over and he's doing it like an RDL, it's going to feel pretty light as well because he'll be super tense. But the, if he's in the correct position and the weight comes back from his midfoot, slightly back towards his heel as he pulls the bear off the floor and then his shin is vertical as the bear past his knee the bear is going to feel heavy because mm -hmm. he's in a non-biomechanically ideal position if he's just lifting the bear but he's taking himself into the new position yeah but because he's doing a clean that feeling heavy off the floor is a very good thing so those like small cognitive reframing exercises can be really powerful 
if someone's coming from a stressful environment so not just in like the pre-lift routine but if you're coming from work and fucking Sandra's been roaring at you all day and you're pulling into the car park and you're still really stressed and you could feel a small amount it might be like a physiological response so your breathing might be shortened or you might feel like tense in your upper back and neck you might like these are like physical things you'll feel that you won't even notice them until you notice them so what you need to do is like okay i'm a small bit tense i can feel my breathing is high my heart rate might even be up because i'm just after having an argument with someone and then you can reframe that and say i'm in the car park at a gym now or i'm in the car park of the soccer club or hockey club or whatever it is and now I've taken myself out of a bad situation and brought myself to a good one. A great one. A great one. So then it's like two minutes of I'm bettering myself. Mm-hmm. What's Sandra still doing? Who? Do you know? Who's Sandra? Who is Sandra? Who is it? Who is it? Exactly. Because, you know, so it's like using small little techniques like that and it's not something, these aren't like guru things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like th- these are things you can literally get an app on your phone. Yeah. Look up reframing. Mm-hmm do it and it's done you know it's like a nice little tool in the toolbox the most hated fucking analogy we have fucking hate it um but it's a nice little thing and it is like there's some days you're going to be stressed if you're fucking working full-time you're going to be stressed a lot of the time yeah especially if you've other stuff going around if you coach a team if you have families if whatever it is you're going to be stressed going to training and having a few little things like that it's not a weakness to be I'm just going to need to take these two or three minutes now and readdress my mental approach. It's a strength. And if you have your programming done, obviously, which you should, you should know what you're doing that day. Yeah. Kind of helps during the day as well to be thinking about what you're going to do later and looking forward to it, you know? Definitely. Some mental visualization. Yeah. Being aggressive with the weights. Yeah. I think, is there anything else, any other big area that we're forgetting about? I suppose it, it is different for everyone for yeah. those different positions. They're probably the three main things. I don't think if we've any shift workers listening, which is a possibility, um, there is some very good research done by someone called I think may mentioned before, Sachin Panda. So if you just look for him the coolest name ever. Sachin Panda. Snatchin Pandas. <laughs> Sachin Panda. <laughs> he's um he's in the I think he's originally Indian and he's in he could be Pakistan, I'm not sure. He's in... He could um, be a what? could be Pakistan too, I'm not sure. He's in, in, he's in America <laughs> doing research on intermittent fasting. Yeah. So what he... So he's done... I don't think he's done any full study yet, but he's done a lot of anecdotal evidence with... Well, he knows from stuff he's that done... That makes my brain hurt. ...that he's in, inferred... Please never No, he's done real. Please never use that word again. Anecdotal. Anecdotal evidence. It is. Well, see, he's done a lot of research that I would infer that this stuff would definitely work, you know. Yeah. So, but fasting. So, well, actually, I think he might have done. S- I don't know if he's released any paper on it yet, but so he was doing with shift workers, night shift workers. So they tried to follow their normal daily routine of meals as closely as possible. Yeah. And obviously, that would involve not eating all night, you know. Yeah. So not eating a dinner at three o'clock, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of companies try to educate their um their workers now when they're doing shift and stuff. You know, be like don't eat too much and stuff you know don't eat shit food because your brain craves carbs and fats you know but he'd people like eating their dinner at like six or whatever you know yeah and eating their breakfast and they come home and stuff so keeping their meal pattern and there's loads of like biochemical things that happen then that you need to do that you need to rest at rest rest i'm inverted commas here now rest your digestive system and your 
all your hormonal systems that need to be not doing things at night, even though you're awake, they still have a certain biological clock. There's these like proteins in your intestine, I can't remember what they're called, but they look like in the diagrams, they look like worms almost, you know. <laughs> or sea urchins, you know. <laughs> and they like they're they like reset themselves at night and stuff like that. Okay. So if you are a shift worker, I'd say a very specific piece of advice here is that try follow your your routine as much as you can when your your food routine. Yeah. And I know it's a lot harder, but we know someone very good actually. Pad Daly works. Um, Unbelievable athlete. Just won his uh, masters. Yeah. So he eats tea by the new time. He said he drinks shit loads of cups of tea every day. Yeah. Yeah. I would say obviously if you're a shift a worker, European masters champion. Staying yeah, very in the eighty one yeah. I think. He. I'd say, what I would say, bar the tea though. I'd say probably stay away from caffeine if you're a shift worker <laughs> because it's not going to be your friend. Another thing. I think we haven't brought up. Wait, we were saying the shift worker for a minute. Go on. So if you're working four days on, four days off or something. Yeah. I would just say train one of those three days or four days and just let it go. Like just, just yeah. accept that that's what you're doing. And train when you're off. Yeah, and train when you're off and just just take the hit. Like, Yeah. You could probably train the first day. If you're working that night, you can train that day and then just do some body weight stuff or something the other two or three nights. Because it's just not worth it because you're not going to recover from it. So no. you're just going to be in a negative, you're going to be a deficit of gains, really, recovery. So I would say just leave it off. It's tough, though. Yeah, very tough. Shift is bollocks. Absolutely also, bollocks. Don't do shift if you can do it. because It's been proven to be carcinogenic. Well, the the World Health, the WHO, the World Health, WHO have called it a probable carcinogen. Yeah. Increases diabetes risk, um, cancer, fucking just all around shittiness. Turns you a bit bitter, <laughs> get a bit grumpy. But anyway, what were you saying? So there? anyway, yeah. Aside from that, don't you anyway to shift workers. <laughs> anyway, it's fucking um, tough job. If you are working, yeah, shift work, normal work. If you are working, something that really also helps with adherence is finding good peeps, getting a good crew around you mm-hmm. to go train with. Obviously, you're not always going to be able to do it, and it might only be a thing of like once or twice a week or once a month you're able to go train with them. Some might say that's why CrossFit is doing so well. Definitely. Having like a community around you. Because all of them are professionals as well most of the time. CrossFit is like, well, it used to be almost exclusively middle class people. Yeah. Judging by the cars outside any CrossFit gym in the Western world or anything. Yeah, yeah. Something they were looking for, obviously. Definitely. And like... If I was thinking Masters in Mythology, I might think about that more. Go on, Rifets. How would a Masters (laughs) in Psychology? (laughs) But it is like, it's something that really, really helps you adhere to something. And, like, we all love being out in the shed and grinding, you know. I love it's, it. It's just fucking me. Yeah. And I don't even turn the lights on sometimes. Because <laughs> it's just me and I'm a hard cunt, you know. Yeah, a big tough cunt. A big tough cunt. Listen and it's just me. me and nobody else is here. Rise against. Yeah, and he's not doing that, but I'm doing it. Mumford and Sons. Yeah, so, like, it ranging from vicious metal music to really emotional music. I'm getting numbed up now. you. And it's just you here. Yeah. Right? That's fucking great. Yeah. It is great. But then... Yeah. Where are you going with this? It's good to have a little bit of a crew around you. If you have sa- a Saturday session, like, if you knew... Yeah. Then Burger, Burger Honor. You know? He used to talk about the Saturday mornings at the gym. Or, uh, Jim Smith used to talk about that as well. That every Saturday was the heavy day. Yeah. And it is. Like, it's great to have it. So, when it's... Um, is it Burger Who's the fellow that used to lift in his shed up that hill? Do you know, the original CrossFit kind of... Uh, Weightlifting guru Mike Bergener Is it Bergener? Bergener Bergeron is the other fellow Yeah sorry, no, sorry, he's sorry, the other sorry, dude Bergener um, He pressed The Bergener warm up um, 
but it is it's great to have that crew there because it means when it's fucking Monday night and you're after a shit day and you don't want to go training you're like Jesus the boys are going training on Saturday yeah, yeah. I better this get for a session in today yeah. or even Monday night like everyone's going playing or going to the gym for the, the session like yeah and they're like, what time will I pick you up? And it you're fucking like, really helps with adherence, you know? Like, you're not going to be like, oh, don't, I'm, I'm not going to tonight. <sighs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, no, I, I, just, I just won't be there tonight. Game of Thrones is on. Or if you didn't go, people would be like, where were we yesterday? Yeah. So it is good. Um, or or the guy you usually squat with is a week ahead in his program now. And it's yeah. like, oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm still on the fives. Yeah, definitely getting good peeps like that is hard, though. It's so hard. You'll either be able to get them, you won't be able to get them. There's no yeah. kind of, like, you can't buy and them And you'll in. never... When you have a crew around you, right, you'll never be like, Jesus, this is so good. Yeah, you won't Jesus, appreciate it. I have it so good now, you know. You look back it's five great. years later and you'll be like, fuck it. Yeah, when you're back sitting on the stool in the shed and you're like, oh, it's happened again. Yeah, I'm alone <laughs> again. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. Uh, you'll be petting your dog in between sets. And stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely good training partners. That's what goes for everyone. Like, let's say you're like that undergrad who's training a shitload. Like, you and your friends will be like, your deadlift looks weird you're like why are your legs so straight in the deadlift the moment of you might not have a fucking clue yeah. what you're looking at but it will look kind of wrong and you'll be like oh I don't know what's wrong with that and then you'll go google it and six months later you'll be like I need to have my hips lower yeah. and then you'll figure out things because two brains two dumb undergrad brains together will make it's some better than one undergrad yeah. brain <laughs> but it is or one like, of you might be drunk but that's alright <laughs> do you know like you keep fucking tearing your hand and yeah. you're like oh, I just keep there in my hand. And then you'd be like, oh, this person has a YouTube video on that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's like... And you'll send it to your fucking training buddy and be yeah. like, see this. And this like, one. that net that you're out there Are you scouring the internet for knowledge with just gets twice as big because there's two of you looking. I was listening to Seek a Training Podcast about yeah, work training. Like and he sent your buddy, you're sending the Q&A videos. Yeah. So definitely, like you'll learn a lot from each other too. Or you won't even learn a lot from each other. you learn a lot with each other, you know? Yeah. You won't be laughing at each other. Or you will be. And there's nothing like your buddy hitting a PB to make you want to drive on a bit. Yeah, I remember um, um, Arthur when we were both similar squats, you know, but I was always about 10 kilos ahead. Yeah. And I made sure of it. (laughs) (laughs) But it is like, that shit's real. It is real. Oh, no doubt. And like, it's great to be super good routines and everything nice and in order and really organized, but like... You need someone bullying you too. Jimmy hits a PB. Mm -hmm. Jimmy gets that 100 kilo snatch before you do. Yeah. Oh, boy. You need. But another thing as well is I've been looking enough to train people who clean and jerk heavyweights, snatch heavyweights, squat yeah. heavyweights, and it just normalizes the weights. Like, yeah. the weights you do seem irrelevant because you're like, but sure, people do 210 kilos all the time to clean and jerk, you know? Yeah. So you might not be looking enough to train that, but you might be looking enough to train. More than likely, if you're, so most weightlifters probably won't have access to this. But if you're a powerlifter or a crossfitter, or a bit different free athletes, but if you're a yeah. powerlifter or crossfitters, there's a strong chance you might be around other really good crossfitters or something, or really strong powerlifters, you might be in a powerlifting club sometimes. Yeah. And you'll just see people squatting 300 kilos regularly. So in your brain, it's not even, you won't be going 260 to 260 and a half, my squat. You'll be going 260 to 270, right? That's yeah, just, that's just, just normal. I'm just getting 300, you know? I think another big thing is, like, steroids. <laughs> That's definitely a big thing. Steroids. Um, going to competitions regularly and no like steroids. higher level competitions. Yeah. Seeing people doing big weights. Yeah. Allows you to hit bigger weights faster. I used to like see someone snatch one twenty. I'd 
so mad I'd nearly cry like I'd be nearly yeah. in tears being like oh my god you're just like in your head it's so far away but in my head I was like it's really far away but I'm definitely going to do it you know yeah so yeah definitely going to good competitions yeah watch and like seek people out yeah I watched millions of hours of old racing competitions I'd say I watched every competition from the 1980s onwards on YouTube yeah. Frank Rattle just eating my dinner just been like Frank Rattle that fucking YouTube page is amazing sitting on my sitting on my desk eating my scrambled eggs and shreds so <laughs> just, just like just like eating through it watching. yeah 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 fucking do the next lift do the next lift yeah watching stuff live as well and stuff yeah just consuming it really yeah getting immersed in it yeah. training partners will definitely help hard one to find though and there's no advice we can give you unless you're you're no. just you're there's literally nothing entirely reduced by your geography and to be honest a lot of the time training partners comes by you see someone in the gym doing the same thing as you and then you just end up training at the same time for a few weeks and then it's like, will you um, video this for me? Yeah, yeah or, or will you spot me on this? Your deadlifts look great tonight. Yeah. And then it just happens. So like you, you might get very lucky and you might get very unlucky. Yeah. And I know there's, that's why people like a lot of online communities now and stuff and yeah. things like that, which is, which does help, I suppose. It's that's why Reddit weightlifting is the hole it is. <laughs> <laughs> they have over 60,000 oh subscribers God. or something, you know? It is just a, a matrix of rabbit holes. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know... For anyone who hasn't got it looked at it, go and look at it. There's probably a lot of forums and stuff like that back in the day, like bodybuilding.com. The Penley forum used to be going for weightlifting. I'm Teen not Nation. Really, Teen Nation. Huge I one. I don't know where the powerlifters kind of hung out. They didn't really... Teen Nation... No, the powerlifters weren't really on the power. They were all equipped, though, back in the Dizay. Back yeah. in 2010 there, in 2011 and stuff, the raw powerlifting wasn't a thing, so no one was on the internet. A lot of them were, like, drinking milk out of mason jars and <laughs> got this milk off my buddy. Oh, my God. Full fat. The raw milk. Got TB in it. Yeah. <laughs> Straight it. out of T. Extra protein, isn't it? And, you know, they weren't on forums, but... T-Nation was huge there for a while. Huge. Tizzle Nation. I remember I used to have like sheets and sheets of that program printed off. And then it's like first week, you're like, this is class. Remember? I can't even walk. And then second week, you're like, oh shit, I actually can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> no walking for me. Remember how dumb their articles would be? About, oh like, my God. Game. When you look back at them now, it's like. Chia seeds. Will these make you <laughs> shredded? And then it'll go a full-length article, fina- a really well-written article about how, like... Raspberry ketone extract. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, that was a big thing for a while. Or, like, selenium in Brazil nuts. Will they be the next thing to adding a foot to your dick? Do you I know? remember um, reading an article on T-Nation and then going about uh, these, I don't know, was it, like, cacao tablets? It was something anyway that basically just had caffeine. And it was, like, the stimulant that cyclists are using to win the Tour de France literally went immediately to Man Point in Cork. Uh-huh. Went to the um health food shop, yeah. bought like four packets of these yeah, yeah. outrageously overpriced basically caffeine tablets. Yeah. And thinking they were amazing. Did and they no, they did nothing. I, at the end I put like a whole sheet of capsules into my mouth. So I think I took like twenty Jesus. and I got like a minor headache. Stroke. N- no like um, heart rate increase often. Yeah, the uh, Sea Nation is not really a thing anymore, is it? No, I don't think so. They were, um, I was just thinking today, when was the last time you read a training book? <sighs> Remember the first book I read was Ross Enemite. He's actually, he's currently Katie Taylor's uh, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He trained. Uh, the book was called Infinite Intensity. <laughs> and if any man can say they trained intensely, he is. 
Like he's not no joke. Like no, genuinely, he did train. He trains like a fucking lunatic. He lives alone in the woods. What was he a boxer? Yeah, he was a boxer, but he broke his oh hands. My God, young. So he just he loved training. Like yeah, but do you know? I'll just show you a video here while we're talking. If it was, you ever seen? I'm some actually afraid to see what it is. Do you want to see the old uh, MMA training videos? Oh, this is he's like Vanderlei Silva, and he had like a snorkel with foam taped over the top of it. Do you know? And he has his nose taped up shut. And he's like sometimes break my nose <laughs> when I'm fighting, so <laughs> like to train like this. But do you know when people hit a, hit? Do you want to see crossfitters? And it's in the water to hit the the tire with the sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. And it's like. He is like really nice timing. He is bang, ba, bang. Yeah, like bang. this man. I, I really want to show you doing things because you will just be. Inf- I know infinite. This was in 2010 when I read. No, this is 2009 or 10 when I read the yeah. book. My brother bought it for me and gave it to me. Yeah, and I, I know it sounds really corny, but you, I just I want to see him as what? you're pulling up the video. They used to literally. Wanderlei Silva used to tape his nose shut. Yeah, because he used to break it every time he get hit in it. He had like plates and stuff in it. And then he used to have a snorkel in his mouth so he couldn't breathe properly. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be running with, like, chains and shit hanging off him. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like, this is best preparation. You're yeah, like, yeah. maybe, Wanderlei, if you laid off the juice and you were just a small bit more yeah. uh, intelligent with your training. Oh, my God. Like, he's no joke. This no is dog. outrageous. He's actually hitting it like he's trying to drive a stake. Fuck me. If anyone's trying to drive a stake with sledgehammers now, you'll... If you go watch, just Google uh, Sledgehammer Training, RossTraining.com. Oh or YouTube my God. it. Ross, anyway, wait, I'll show you him skipping. He is just training. You see him running hills. Did he skip with a tow rope? He... <laughs> <laughs> skipping with chains. <laughs> the skipping, I remember watching him skipping. It was like, this before, like, four months, 12 years ago. This is what you want to see. This before CrossFit was a thing, you know. What's the name of this video so they can watch it? Jump Rope Training to RossTraining.com. It's on YouTube. Just go to Ross Enemite's page. Oh, I love the video transitions. This is Windows Movie Maker. Holy shit. He's jacked as well, you know. So that's kind of my first foray into training. So, like, he was all about, like, dumbbell snatches, dumbbell rows, skipping. One person one in the book, he was like, you know, someone was like, how fast should I run, Ross? And he has a, he had like a 50-pound pit bull. Yeah. And he was like, run like a fucking... Barbara, my pit bull is chasing you. <laughs> so, like, it was no joke, you know. Like, he was, yeah. he wasn't joking about training. Like, there was infinite like, intensity. Like, you had to name things like that back then to get people to buy your book. Yeah, because nobody gave a shit about training. No one gave a shit. But Ross was like, he went trap bar deadlifting there for a while, and he got up to like five hundred pounds or something like stuff. What's that? What's that in real? Two thirty or something. Two twenty seven oh, and a half. Right. Like he just, he like I want I want to show you one more video. But it's hill running, so if you've been Googling this, hill sprints. Him and Jim Wendler were like people who made... Jim Wendler is a legit authority on how to train. Damn right he is. Oh my God. Nov, do you know the thing in the book? North of Veg. Just always keep your your training, Nov. North of Veg? Yeah. I don't remember hearing that at all. It's in his book. Um, Um, Jim Wendler wrote the the 531 uh, powerlifting (laughs) program. He's running like the guards are chasing him. Uh, well, there's, just a, uh, there's a really good one where he's running up the hill in the forest. You can actually see where he lives. Really see him running. He's running like someone's chasing him. That's how he always runs as well. What the fuck? I wore his t-shirt at the first nationals. I won or something. I remember I was, so, I was so happy. Look at him running. Oh my God. He's it's running literally up. as if. He's sprinting. Yeah. It's like watching cops. Do people do hill sprints? It's yeah. Kind of jogs. He's running up hills like someone is genuinely chasing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember a load of people are like, you should do CrossFit back when the CrossFit was like a year or two old. You know? Yeah. And he was like, why? <laughs> I don't care, but he's currently Katie Taylor's boxing coach. Yeah, but yeah, 
I would definitely do hill sprints if you're an old real athlete, if you can. This is I don't yet know another wonderful tangent. Um, I don't think we've anything else to say. Joe, how I feel about our podcast sometimes. No. Joe, when you're cutting a block of cheese and you like just... Dara, I don't want to hear it either. You get slightly, like, you just get distracted. And next thing, the knife is at a 45 degree angle. And you've just lobbed off half the thing of cheese. And there's just like, you haven't even cut through the far side of the block. And it's just this retarded, prismic shape. Or is it when you're like um, peeling an apple with a knife? Yeah. Are trying to like one of the most satisfying things to do in the world. Oh, you're trying to cut um, you've your knife too sharp, cutting an orange, and you just fuck it all up. That's <laughs> how you feel. All right, I don't think we've anything else to train about. Obviously, not nothing to talk about. Plenty to train about, though. Plenty to train about. What are you doing training today? Uh, we'll do the training flashes there now. We leave it at that. Bye. Goodbye.